Tanner. All right, let's head down the field level where Nate Mickles with Tanner Mangum, BYU 41, San Jose State 20. Nate, take it away. Tanner, I know the season hasn't gone the way you've expected or hoped, but how does it feel today? Well, it, it feels great, you know, to come out to the home stadium and then, you know, get a victory. Um, you know, it's, it's just good for the, for the momentum, you know, to, to keep us going. You know, these next four games, you know, we, we, you know we're not going to give up. We're not going to quit. So, you know, proud of our effort, proud of our energy today, and, uh, you know, it feels good to get the victory in front of the home crowd. In the last five quarters, you've thrown for a lot of yards and scored a lot of points. What do you think has been the biggest factor in that? Uh, you know, I think a lot of it just comes down to attitude. You know, we're we're saying, um, you know, we're playing with a lot of energy. You know, up tempo. Um, you know, sense of urgency, and uh, you know, receivers are making big plays, making making good catches, and and, and uh, you know, creating some some scoring opportunities for us. So just got to keep that up. You know, you got to keep that same attitude. To be aggressive, take advantage of what the defense has given you, and just to go out there and have fun. Last thing, what's the mindset for the remaining games of the season? The same as this week. You know, like you know, we we want to fight. You know, we're not we're not going to go down. Um, go down easy, you know. We're not going to quit. We got to got to keep fighting, keep battling, and um, you know. So proud of our effort this week, and we got to keep that up the rest of the season. All right, thanks, Tanner. Nice job. Thank you, Nate Mickle, with BYU starting quarterback Tanner Mangum. More than 600 passing yards over his last two games. BYU wins it today by a score of 41 to 20. The Cougars end up two yards shy of 600 on the day. 598 yards of total offense, the most since 692 versus Toledo last year. That was such a wild game that went over the Rockets here in Provo. So BYU 598 in offense, 266 rush, 332 pass, 140 rush, and 198 pass for San Jose State. They end up with 338 yards in offense, so BYU plus 260 in the raw yardage total today, and plus 21 on the scoreboard in a 41 to 20 win. Tanner Mangum, 18 for 34, 283, three touchdowns and a pick, a passer rating of 146.1. K.J. Hall was the leading rusher, but we didn't see him after halftime. He was injured, and we don't know what's going to happen moving forward, but man, he was a revelation today. 112 rushing and 44 receiving in the first half when BYU built that sizable lead, but did not play after halftime. Mike Simon led BYU. Three catches, 67 yards, and two scores. So three touchdowns in two games for Micah Simon. Montel Aaron went all the way for San Jose State. Went 25 of 39, a buck 98, two touchdowns and a pick. A passer rating of 118.5. Tyler Nevins ran for a buck 12, 26 for 112. And Trey Walker led them with six catches, 58 yards, and a score. Some quick numbers to note. Penalties at BYU, 6 for 65. None after halftime. Zero penalties after the break. Two penalties, 10 yards for San Jose State. Third downs, BYU, yes, uh, subpar, 5 for 15. Uh, San Jose State in the same neighborhood, a little bit higher, 6 for 17. BYU is 3 for 3 on fourth downs after going 1 for 13 this season coming into today on fourth downs. San Jose State was 4 of 4 on third downs. So every fourth down, or on fourth downs, beg your pardon, so every fourth down try was converted by both teams today. BYU ran 77 plays. The Spartans ran 80 yards per play. BYU a healthy 7.8 to San Jose State's 4.2. How about the yards per completion number for BYU? 15.8 on the day. Five turnovers for the Spartans, two for BYU. Cougars go plus three in the margin as the Spartans had four fumbles lost and a pick. BYU, one fumble lost and a pick. At halftime, it was 24-6, to yeah. six, Mark. 24-6. to six. Uh, Micah Simon scored a touchdown. Bushman scored a touchdown. Both of them on passes from Tanner Mangum. Uh, K.J. Halls had a running touchdown, and Red Allman kicked a 36-yard field goal. San Jose got two field goals in that first half, making the halftime score 24-6 to six in favor of BYU. And then in the second half, in the third quarter, BYU was able to put a touchdown on the board with this play. Tanner Mangum turn, handoff Squally. Squally runs it right, gets to the five. He's got the pylon. 
in that drive, there was a fourth and two, and uh, Tanner Mangum hit uh, Alifa Hifo with a 42-yard pass that set up that touchdown score. In the start of the fourth quarter, BYU recovered a San Jose State fumbled punt, and BYU was able to put another touchdown in, this time in the fourth quarter. They uh, moved it to the 41-yard line, and again, this is another fourth down play. Mangum and shotgun. Pumps. Goes deep, near sideline. Simon there, makes the catch, 10-5, touchdown, Micah Simon for the second time today. PAT good by Rhett Almond, 38-6 is then the score. And then BYU recovers a third San Jose State fumble, this time at the San Jose 27-yard line, where Rhett Almond was able to then kick a 30-yard field goal, making it 41-6. And then in the last two possessions for San Jose, they were able to get on the scoreboard. Montel Aaron hit Trey Walker with a 30-yard TD pass. PAT good by Bryce Crawford. And then with 42 seconds remaining in the game, there was a 9-yard pass from Montel Aaron to Trey Hartley. Bryce Crawford good with the PAT, making the final score 41-20 in favor of BYU. Cougars 2-7. and seven. They snap a seven-game losing skid, and they had San Jose State its seventh straight loss. So now it's San Jose State that has to deal with seven-game streak. No longer does it belong to BYU. We can look ahead to Fresno State and beyond. 41-20 is our final. Cougars end it. The streak, that is, here at LaVellaber Stadium and just under in front of just under 50,000 fans on a sunny Saturday. A lot of post-game coverage still to come, so stay with us for this and that. And let's get our keys to the game before we do break. Thank you, Mark, for the reminder. We take a look at our Ken Garf keys to the game pre- and post-game. Brought to you by Ken Garf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen. Proud supporters of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. What were Mark's Ken Garf keys to the game today? There was a key for each part of the football team. Score more points than any other game this year. They did that. They did it. Defense needs to take away the football. They did that. And do something special on special teams. They kicked PATs. <laughs> we'll take it. They had a lot of PATs today. That was a good thing. Those are your Ken Garb keys to the game. Post game coverage next here on the new skin BYU Sports Network. The clock has hit zero, and this one is in the books. It's time for Cougar Postum Post Game Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Postum Post Game Live. Postum, there's a reason. Post Game coverage is also brought to you by Provo Land Title. In 1966, we started with a simple goal service. 50 years later, that goal is now a tradition. And by America First Credit Union, Utah's number one credit union and your winning financial team. Now, let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome into the Cougar Postum Post Game Live. Let's get your reaction to tonight's win for BYU. 41-20 over the San Jose State Spartans. The Cougars get their second win in the game. We mentioned in the pregame show. 63 days between victories for the BYU Cougars. That that streak will not hit number 64 as BYU wins 41-20 over San Jose State in what was a game that could be easily said the best game, complete game for BYU all season long. Not perfect, but most complete. We'll talk more about that coming up in just a second. Let's get your reactions to well uh, as well to tonight's game. Chime in on Twitter. You can tweet at Ben Bags. Get it to me at Ben Bags on Twitter. We'll read some of your reactions coming up. We'll also get you down to the locker room with ta- with Coach Kalani Sataki and players as well. It also gets you back to the booth with Greg, Mark, and Nate for their post-game thoughts as well. Looking at this game, one thing that really stood out 
that should stand out to BYU fans, as Greg ran through this, the, a lot of the stats out there, one stat that jumps off the page. Last week at this time, the talk in the post game was from Kalani Sataki saying this team was going to be aggressive. Throughout the week, talking to players and coaches and getting ready for this game this week, in the pregame show, talking to Mark and Nate and Greg, the question was, what does an aggressive BYU football team look like? Well, early on, it started with a 45-yard pass downfield for, to Jonah Trineman, who caught it and led to an early score for BYU, 7-0 downfield. K.J. Hall getting it done the first half, but defensively, what does an aggressive BYU football team look like? Well, it looks like a team getting five turnovers and scoring 20 points off of those turnovers. That's the stat that needs to get emphasized because five turnovers for the Cougars in this game led to half the scoring for BYU, 20 of the 41 points. That's an aggressive BYU football team. Outside the offensive stats, the defense did well, holding San Jose State to just 338 yards. A lot of those yards coming late in the fourth quarter as San Jose was able to put up 14 points in the fourth quarter as BYU pulled most of the starters and let some of the depth get there and get experience. Prior to that fourth quarter, BYU had only given up six points in the game. BYU, for its part, can Consistent throughout the game, a touchdown in every quarter, two in the first, two field goals, one in the second, one in the fourth quarter, amounting to 41 points for BYU. K.J. Hall, of course, led the team in rushing with 112 yards. All of that in the first half as K.J. Hall was injured. Didn't play after half. Squally Canada came in, had 10 rushes for 44 yards and a touchdown. Picked up. Good to see Squally back in the backfield getting it done. Austin Kofensis at running back tonight. Two rushes for 40 yards, a 34-yard run that really sparked a lot of energy in the third quarter for the Cougars. On the receiving end, Micah Simon, two touchdowns on three catches, 67 yards. He also had a couple passes that he dropped. One was tipped for an interception of Micah Simon. Three touchdowns in two games for Micah Simon. Really starting to make a name for himself in the receiving core. K.J. Hall, also a big day receiving in the first half. Three catches for 44 yards. And 21 catches for BYU receivers from 11 different receivers, many others getting in on the process. As far as they're going back to the rushing side, six, six BYU Cougars rushing the ball. Tanner Mangum even got into, got into a seven carries for 30 yards. That was after his first two carries went for minus two. One, one place where BYU did clean it up, though, at halftime, one of, the, one of the adjustments was penalties. In the first half, BYU not well, I wouldn't have been. I don't think Kalani Sataki was so happy about the penalties. Six penalties for 65 yards. Almost spotless in the second half, though. Six penalties for 65 yards for the game. BYU gets the win, 41-20. We'll get down to the locker room and more, and all, as well as other thoughts and analysis. Your thoughts on Twitter, at Ben Bags. Tweet them in, and we'll get them read. Postum has been the perfect family drink for more than 120 years. There's a reason Postum creates warm memories. Learn more at Postum.com. Coming up. We'll get you down to the post-game press conference where Kalani Sataki will address the media. Cougar post-game, post-game, post and post-game live continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome into the Cougar post and post-game live. I'm Ben Bagley filling in for Jason Shepard. Of course, if you're just tuning in, where you been all day? BYU gets the victory 41-20 to over San Jose State. Let's check some other scores around college football. Games in action right now. 
Biggest game of the weekend in action. Fourth quarter with 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Number two, Penn State undefeated up 35-20 on Ohio State at home. Ohio State, the Buckeyes, sixth ranked in the nation. Looking to avoid their second home loss of the season, the Buckeyes are. Also in the fourth quarter, number three, Georgia putting it on Florida right now. 42-0, that game 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. TCU, number fourth ranked TCU on the road at Iowa State, who's ranked 25th in the nation right now. Iowa State's got a 14-7 lead. That game with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. TCU has the ball looking to tie that game up. In the third quarter with two minutes left, Notre Dame, ninth ranked in the country. The Irish, 35-14 over NC State, who's ranked 14th in the country. In the Pac-12, number 12, Washington, up big on UCLA in the fourth quarter, 44-16. Michigan State, 16th in the, ranked in the country, 6-1 and one going into a game today at Northwestern. Well, the Spartans trail Northwestern 17-10 with six minutes left in the game. Northwestern has a ball in the fourth quarter of that ball game. Also in the top 25, South Florida 17th ranked. They're tied with Houston 14-14. UCF 18th ranked in the country right now in the fourth in the second quarter. Four minutes and 38 seconds left in that game. UCF has a 31-20 lead over Austin Pay. Finals from earlier today in the top 25. Number five ranked Wisconsin gets a 24-10 victory over the Illini of Illinois. Eight, number eight ranked Miami, 24-19 over University of North Carolina. Oklahoma State, 11th ranked, 50-39 over 22nd ranked West Virginia. Some other top 25 games coming up later tonight. Also, there was some finals from over the weekend. Thursday's number 20 ranked Stanford got a 15-14 victory over Oregon State. And then last night, it was number 24 Memphis, 56-26 over Tulane. The final score at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU gets a 41-20 victory over San Jose State for their second victory of the season. We'll get down to the locker room and more coming up next. We'll have more Cougar post-game, post, post and post-game live coming up on after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Post Game Live. Cougar Post Game Live. Off tackle right into the end zone for the touchdown. This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Post and Post Game Live. My name is Ben Bagley. You can tweet re- your reactions to tonight's game at me at Ben Bags. We'll read some of those coming up uh, in just a moment on the air. One programming note for BYU fans tonight on BYU Radio. At 7.30 Mountain, 9.30 Eastern, it's the BYU soccer team in Portland facing on facing the pilots of Portland. That game, pregame coverage with Jason Shepard uh, begins at 9.30 Eastern, 7.30 Mountain. The game, the match begins at 8 o'clock Mountain, 10 Eastern. So watch the BYU soccer team getting added later tonight. And speaking of Jason Shepard, he weighs in on Twitter. I don't care that it's against San Jose State. This team needed this today. Hashtag Go Cougs. Shep's right. BYU did need it. 41-20, the final score, the victory. I mentioned earlier in the post the post and post-game live post-game show that it wasn't a perfect game, but it's exactly what the Cougars needed because they were aggressive from the start. Tanner Mangum, I talked to him this week about carrying the momentum from the second half in the fourth quarter of the ECU game over to this week. He did. He came out hot early in the game. Cooled off as the game went along, especially in the second half. Wasn't as 
uh, consistent as maybe you'd like him to be, but it was there. 18 for 34, 283 yards, three touchdowns, only one interception, a QB rating of 146.1. So not a bad game for Tanner, but the nice part about this, any coach will tell you it's great to get the victory. It's even better when you get the victory and you have teaching moments to carry over to the next week. Kalani Sataki will have those as the team, well, they did really well today, but not perfect. So Kalani can have to hold that against him as he goes forward this week as they prepare for Fresno State next week. That's going to do it for the Cougar Post and Post Game Live. Your final score once again at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU picking their second win of the season up, 41-20 over San Jose State. The Cougar Locker Room Show is next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. He's going to go! Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Mark, as much as I respect and appreciate your day and your era as a student athlete here at BYU, (laughs) no more talk of 1968. No more talk of 1955. (laughs) No more talk about all this losing. It's a win today for BYU. That's good to have that off my shoulders. But just remember, 1967, on this day, BYU beat Utah. I knew it was an omen. That was the good vibe day, wasn't it? Yep. So 41-20 to is our final score. BYU a victor over San Jose State. BYU gained a lot of yards today, 598. And for as much as BYU was struggling, even though the Spartans' defense is generous, certainly the way the Cougars had been struggling with no real identity or flow, you don't take for granted that kind of number that they put up today. Uh, The second most yards against... San Jose State this season. Texas surpassed that number, got into the 600s, but uh, the second best performance against the Spartans this year comes from BYU today by gaining 598 yards. So over the last two weeks, uh, BYU's gained uh, more than 1,000 yards. And And again, these are two defenses that will allow you some yards and points, but uh, again, there was no guarantee that BYU would put up those kinds of numbers by how they've been playing and 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 yeah. I, I think you appreciate right. what they have done over these two weeks and confidence is gained uh, points were scored and now you go to, to next week feeling good about yourself or better about yourself again knowing there's room to improve and things to do and I feel so much better about today if KJ Hall had played the whole game and I wasn't worried about if he can play next week because he clearly gave BYU a huge shot in the arm today yeah I agree that uh, all of those things that you're saying Greg that uh, uh you were people didn't know for sure and BYU ended up being a nine point favorite coming into the game and still people were questioning that so the fact that they came out and played uh, better than they have in any other games it's the start of turning that corner that you were talking about in the pregame that they they are coming around the bend even though you win football games you know that you had to play better to do so but you did see a lot of good performances today KJ Hall one of them the offensive line again has been pretty good in protecting. Tanner made good throws in order to get it to a lot of different receivers. So the defense held, uh, I thought, a pretty good uh, attacking offense of San Jose to six points until finally in the fourth quarter they put in a lot of different people. But uh, uh, I, I was pretty impressed with the overall performance of the teams today making lots of better plays than they have so far this season. So BYU wins it to get to 2-7 and seven on the year. The Spartans fall to 1-8 and eight on the year. The Spartans now have an eight-game losing skid. BYU stops its skid at 7 and looks to start a nice winning streak to end the year. We'll take a break. We'll come back and head down to the press conference area here from Kalani Satake as we continue here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
You're tuned in to BYU football. He's gone! A 99-yard touchdown! On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kalani Shitake at the podium downstairs. He can run the ball a little bit, too, so he's a... It's good to utilize the fullback a little bit more, so... Your word of the week was aggressive. Do you feel like the team took that to heart and played aggressively this week? I hope so. I mean, I think that... uh, just keep it going, you know, and being now it's being uh, uh, consistently aggressive. I, I, f- I still feel like there's a lot of points that we left on the field and didn't get in the scoreboard and a lot of mistakes still, you know. Um, uh, but it, I think it was good for our, our uh, for our reserve de- defensive guys to, to, I mean, not good that they got scored on, but um, it's hard to it's hard to simulate those reps and getting that type of experience, you know. So uh, I thought the, the last two drives that they had scoring on us was hard for our defense and, and hard for our coaches to take. But I, I think it would be a good step for our guys and experience and seeing it on film, you know what I mean, when it all counts. And offensively, there's definitely some things that we still need to keep working on. But I think it's a, for the most part, I thought our guys did well up front. Um, I thought we took advantage of our our strength up front on both defense and offensive line. Obviously, I think we can handle the run better, but you have to give a lot of credit to San Jose State for sticking with it and finding seams and holes in, in our in our run defense. Offense cut off to a very quick start, building uh, early 14 off the lead. How big was that for your team? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it was just nice to be able to get a lead and then not have to play from behind and have to catch up and get so tight with with that type of setup. You know, we've been we just got ourselves in. Uh, in the whole way too many times um, in a lot of games. And, um, you know, our goal is to try to get some confidence and, and uh, establish that identity and, and keep working on it and then try to sustain it throughout the game. I, like I said, there's still a lot of things that we can fix, but uh, just just uh, pleased that we got the win. You know, it's it's been something that we've been needing. And so um, just excited for that, but just really want to get back to work and, and try to get the next one. What did you see from Tanner May uh, regarding this? Um, just for me, without watching film, I thought I thought there's still a lot of plays that he could have made. There were some throws that were um, a little off, and then after we were looking, watch it on film and see if it's the routes or if it's on his delivery, you know. But um, there's some opportunities that we could have had. I, I, for some reason, the third down throw to Matt Bushman just comes to mind. You know, I think it was high, and um, I don't think Matt had a lot of people around him, you know, and which is odd for a third down for for him to be open like that, but. Um, just, just completing those plays. I, I, you never think that a quarterback is going to be every throw is going to be perfect, but there's some that I think he's way better at throwing that, and he could have delivered better. But there's a lot of deep balls and, and shots that he took that I, I was really happy with. At what point in the game were you comfortable that this was the one to end the streak that you, you were going to get the win? I don't know. I, I guess I never really got comfortable with that. You know, I just felt like we just we're trying to establish an identity through our, our aggression and. And just want to keep pushing for that. that. It didn't really matter what the score was, you know. I, um, I think I went for it on the fourth down, and it was pretty much on our side of the ball, and just didn't care. Just wanted to, I wanted to see our guys perform and, and want to see them answer the call when, when we had put a lot of trust in them and uh, to make plays. And I thought, uh, for the most part, they did that. You know, I was pretty pleased with the way the coaches coached and, and prepared their guys, and I thought the players did a great job. How do you evaluate KJ and, and any update on him after he left? Yeah, disappointing that uh, that KJ wasn't able to come back and finish. Um, we'll have to we'll have to look at it again. I, I don't I, I don't think there's enough um, I don't think there's enough information for us to know yet what the severity of his injury. And uh, same thing with um, 
Who am I forgetting, Bradley? Grant Jones. Yeah, Grant Jones, um, and then also uh, with Fred Warner. So we'll have to keep evaluating it. Towards the end of the game, was there any consideration to give uh, Bo Hodges reps that Critchell ended up getting? There was, but I, I think um, if we can get, you know, knowing that we had the game in hand, if we can get uh, Bo a little bit more recovery time, that was kind of the, the uh, we were kind of in a, in a position where we had to decide whether or not to push him to, to come out and play right away. And I think another extra week would be beneficial for him. Coach, you talked about being more aggressive. Do you feel like that was more of a mindset you're trying to get across or more of kind of a schematic? I think I just threw that out there just hoping that it would cover it all. <laughs> you know, and um, I, I thought we were more aggressive with the way we practiced and the way that we approached our, our work day as coaches. And the call was to everyone, you know, to our, to our players and our and the focus was a lot better. Um, what I was trying to establish through that is get more confidence and I think we're able to get more confidence, and it builds. And, and but you know, just being, just having optimism doesn't isn't good enough. You know, just to say that things will get better isn't good enough. And and uh, you have to combine that with hard work and preparation. And when you get those combined, and 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 you you do it right, then you have confidence, and then it shows on the field. And I thought, um, although it wasn't perfect, there's a lot of things that we could we could still do. And and um, it's just a lot easier to make those corrections when you win. What were your initial thoughts on uh, Will Conscious play in replace of uh, injured Troy Warner? Um, I thought he did some good things. I thought, um, you know, with them going fast, we were able to use a bunch of different uh, DBs and corners, and I thought Mike Shelton did some good things there too, and Diane has always been solid. Uh, Trey Green did some good things, you know, but um, towards the end we, we kind of let some of the other guys get some reps, and um, it just sucks when you want to, you know, the, the initial thought from the D coordinators to put – the starters back in, but you know, our guys have to learn. They have to learn to get through some of these drives, and then um, if you can do it with a win, I'll sacrifice points so that guys can get experience. Can you talk about Cage's play? We talked about his injury. Just yeah, um, just just a really um, he has really good instincts, you know. And it's we've, we've been missing that a lot in the running game. Just a different um, a different um, attack system. I think he, you know, he he he's able to see things, and he's a little quicker. He's a little bit more dynamic. Um, smaller, but um, he he sees things a little bit differently than the other running backs, and I think for for all the guys and all the injuries that we've had to deal with, I don't think we've had didn't have one running back that was available every game all season, and so um, for what we had to put together, I've been really pleased with those guys and how much they work, you know. But I think it's um, the, the little things that they've done, pass pro, and and you saw some stuff that they do with the checkdowns. I think it's a it's a compliment to their coaches and it's our quarterback being able to find them, and so that's. It's been really pleased with the guys getting this win and just want to keep working and getting better. Was it a satisfying feeling to see your team actually happy in the locker room? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a given, you know, and, and um, I feel like they deserve it and they've worked hard for it. And there, there's times that, uh, you know, it, it gets really difficult when you're when you're trying to uh, come back from a, a slump that we, that we had, you know. So, But uh, this is just one game. we got to get to the next one and, and uh, keep that same fight. Claudio, we haven't been able to ask you about Ulatola Tower. Are you able to address his situation? No, I'm not. Obviously, he didn't play today, but I'm not able to talk about his his uh, situation specifically. So. Any other questions? Coach, uh, you forced five turnovers today. That leads to 20 points off turnovers. What, uh, what do you attribute that success to you today? Uh, well, I think San Jose State made some mistakes and we were able to capitalize on it, you know, but I, our guys were in the right spot. And um, when, when we work with our technique and our guys that work their, their effort, I mean, I think the one that comes to mind is uh, the 
the punt, uh, I think the punt that was muffed by uh, the, the returner, Zane Anderson, was right there to pick it up. And um, because of his hard work and his hustle and his effort, uh, most of the times they, they're given, the returners are given more time to jump on it, and he just dropped it. And it seemed like Zane just picked it all right off the ground immediately. And uh, our guys work hard. I mean, they, they give us the effort, and, and uh, if we can do, it the right, do the right things as coaches, we can get them right, ready to win. One of the things this year is it seems like a penalty or a turnover has really gotten the guys down. They've really struggled to come back mm-hmm. from that. Not today. Had the tipped ball interception. Yeah. And you know, penalty there that ended up, you know, they ended up getting the field goal. The boys, you know, the guys seem to respond at least better than they have in the past. Is that what you saw? And just yeah. I think I think experience is a big is a big thing for these guys and, and being able to get over. Um, over issues or over negative plays, you know, and being able to move on to the next. Um, if, our guys have been through a lot, you know, this season, and, and hopefully they, they're able to understand how they can get come back from those those negative plays, you know. And those guys, that, that, the issues, the mistakes that were made, they, they, they I thought they corrected them in the way that they played the rest of the game. And it's really proud of our players. Anything else? Right, thank you, guys. All right, that's BYU head coach Kalani Sitake downstairs at the BYU press conference area. We're going to stay live here at uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium as uh, Tanner Mangum and Micah Simon are next on the podium. We think they'll come sooner than later. And uh, they combined on two touchdown connections today. Micah Simon ends up with three grabs for 67 yards and two scores. Tanner Mangum threw for three. Mangum and Simon now taking reporters' questions here at the stadium. Tanner, talk about the way the game started. The talk was being aggressive. You guys went right deep and a couple of long balls and got something going. Yeah, you know, right off the bat, we, you know, went uh, went to take some shots. You know, that's what we wanted to do. We practiced it all week, just playing with an aggressive mindset. And, uh, you know, it was fun to come out and have some big plays. Receivers made big catches, Jonah, Micah, um, Eleva, you know, a lot of guys making plays out there. So, you know, makes makes my job easy, you know, putting the ball down there and you know, let them go get it. And the line did a good job protecting. So, um, it was fun, you know, to, just to get out there and um, get some momentum going, especially in front of the home crowd. How big was it to get up 14-0 that quick and just be able to have a lead and play that way? Yeah, it's it's, it's nice because it gives them momentum, you know, it gives us confidence. And, uh, you know, whenever you, whenever you can get off to a good start, uh, you can play a little bit more loose and just play, play free, play confident. And, um, you know, a lot of credit to our defense, getting a lot of turnovers for us, giving us short fields, um, you know, makes our job a lot easier. So it was, uh, you know, just uh, rewarding, you know, for us. You know, we're, we're not going to go down easy. We're going to keep fighting, keep battling. And so I was proud of our effort today, proud of our, uh, our mentality. Even though you put up 41 points, Kalani still says felt you guys left some points out. Yeah, there, some stuff to work on. You agree? No, I felt the same way. I, I was talking to Talon on the sideline, and you know, we were obviously happy with the win, but I just felt like there was so much more we could have done. You know, um, you know, I missed a couple of throws and some some drives that we that we stopped on, got stalled on. We could have could have finished. So, you know, there's always room to improve. You know, no matter what. Uh, even if you're you're winning, you're you're always going to want more, um, which is good. You know, you don't want to be satisfied, and um, so definitely some good things that we can learn from and, and build on, and hopefully continue on the rest of the season. Do you enjoy being able to watch the game from the sidelines? Yeah, you know, it, it's it's a good thing when you can get uh, you know to get the backups in, get them some reps, get them some time, and it means that you've done your job. You know, it means that uh, we had a good game and, and got ahead. So happy for those guys to get in and get some experience. Mike, early in the game, you're on the out and out for the touchdown. Is that something you knew was going to come early, or did you know that that play was going to be scripted for you this week? Uh, you no, know, I didn't know when it was going to come, but we worked on it all week. Um, we hit we hit on it in practice all week, so we were ready for it. And um, just a 
it was the exact look we thought we would get, and uh, it was a great ball by Tanner. Tanner, I don't suppose you carrying the ball seven times was in the game plan. What no, that's just playing the game, you know. Um, just you know, you just got to make plays and. Uh, we needed some first downs and some opportunities were there, so I just did what I could. You know, um, you know the ankle's feeling better, giving me some mobility. So, um, you know, it's, it's it's just fun going out there and, and you know making plays, taking some hits. It's it's part of the game. So I was, you know, happy to do my part, happy to do what I could. Mike, do you feel like this is the game you guys needed to kind of just get that confidence back and maybe springboard the last part of the season? Uh, I mean, every you know every game we. We have the confidence to go out there and play. We know what we can do. It's just a matter of showing it. So, um, you know, we attack each week with that with that type of mentality of having the utmost confidence to go out there and play to our potential. And it all clicked this week, which was good for us. But you know, like Tanner was saying, we did we left some plays out there. You know, I had a, I had some drops that I obviously won back. You know, um, so we'll just you know get back to work and uh, hopefully minimize those mistakes. KJ going for over 100 yards probably was in the game plan. I'm like, Running as much. What did you guys think of him? Yeah, he's he's just he's amazing. Uh, just with his instincts, you know, he's uh, he has a great feel, especially you know in, in the pass game. He's he's really good at just finding the soft spot. You know, he always tends to be right where I want him to be. You know, it's, he's good at those checkdowns and and going and making plays. And then that long run, you know, he showed some good patience. Um, you know, just kind of hit, waiting, waiting, and then boom, hitting the hole and you know scoring a big run, scoring on a big run for us. So I love having him in there. You know, he's just a good athlete, good player. So um, you know, hoping to get more out of him. Yeah, late in the game, fourth and five, uh, he threw a touchdown pass. Were you thinking end zone before the play, or is that just something? Yeah, I, you know, we we talked about it. You know, their, their corners were you know playing aggressive, um, you know, jumping things, and so we you know we called a. You know, I, uh, you know, curl and go, and uh, I remember, you know, pre-snap, I, I was looking, you know, just looking at the defense, and then I, I had kind of that front pylon, and I figured, you know, that's kind of right where it's going to be, and um, it ended up being just like it. You know, they, they, um, you know, played a little bit aggressive. Micah ran an awesome route, got by his guy, and made a great catch to finish it for the score. So it was good to 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 convert that fourth down. Anything else for this team? A little better mood in the locker room, Micah. Yeah, you know. Uh, you know it's different getting a win, so uh, you know a lot of a lot of happy faces right now. So we'll continue this momentum into next week and hopefully get a win at Fresno State. Yeah. Gotta keep it going. Okay, thank you. All right, there it is, a Mike Simon at Tanner Mangum. We'll take a brief break. We'll come back more from the BYU players after this. Cougars forty-one, Spartans twenty on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Sione Takitaki and Zane Anderson at the press conference podium. BYU 41, San Jose State 20. Let's go down and hear from those two. Instead of, um, you know, waiting until halftime to actually come in and adjust, I feel like uh, we attacked and, you know, um, some of our stunts worked. And, um, yeah, I feel like we, we attacked them instead of waiting and, uh, you know, got to jump on, on the game. Same. Obviously, the message this week was to play more aggressively. What, how did that manifest itself for the defense? What did you guys do that... You could point to and say, okay, we were more aggressive. Um, I think as a defensive back group, we were more aggressive. Um, I've, up front, all around defense, you can tell um, we had a lot of turnovers, and I think that comes from being aggressive. 
personally, you're getting quite adept at causing fumbles. Is that just a knack you have? Or? Um, you know, our coaches really do a good job at teaching us head on the football and I'll punch through, and so I'm just doing what they tell me to do. Sione, could you describe your sack? It's like you came through running full speed. I love those moments when you come on touch the quarterback. No, yeah. It was it was a great feeling. Um, it was a design blitz. We had... Um, so the center actually slid to the right side. So we had blitz, we have um, Butch going through the B gap, and he kind of took that guard, and I just come right, wrap really tight right around, and um, it opened up. You know, we kind of went through it in practice, and it was it was great. And now game time actually came through for us, and yeah, it was all Butch, all Butch. He um, went through like like he was going through the A gap, and then kind of slid through the B gap, and I'm coming right off his tail through the A gap, get that sack. So yeah, it's, it's all Butch. With the offense building a 14-0 lead, did that give your guys' defense the opportunity to maybe open up and have those more designed blitzes compared to previous weeks? Yeah, I feel like you know going up 14-0 for, for any team is is a good feeling, and and um, especially us defensive players, you know, going in knowing that we got points on the board and and. Uh, just going out there to execute, you know, you got that confidence behind you, and you know the momentum's on our side and things like that. So it's really, it's a really good cause for us. Zane, defensive guys, how uh, how proud were you guys of Elbakri's hit? Because that was that was a game changer, right? The way he with the guy up on the special teams play. for sure. Um, that's that's awesome. We look at Brain's like a defensive player. He always flies down. He's making plays for us. So uh, to have that momentum going in the beginning of the game was awesome. Anything else? Thank you. All right, to Sione Takitaki and Zane Anderson at the press conference podium. We'll break once again. We'll come back and head down to the Cougar locker room area. More from the players as we return to Provo. BYU wins it by a score of 41-20 over San Jose State, snapping the Cougars' seven-game losing skid. Now it's Fresno State next week on the road, the first of two consecutive away games. We'll come back with more press conference coverage and post-game coverage after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. BYU football is on the air. Passing into the end zone for a score. There it is. This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. Five o'clock here in the Mountain West. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. Forty-six thousand four hundred fifty-one fans on hand on a sunny Saturday here in Provo to watch the Cougars snap their seven-game skid and defeat San Jose State by a score of forty-one to twenty. Third leading ground gainer on the day with a career long of thirty-four yards was Austin Kafensis. Austin joining us now on the headset from the Cougar locker room area. Austin, thank you for joining us for the first time. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you being here, and congratulations to you and the guys. A long time in coming, and it's the cliched question, but if you could express your feelings about how it feels to finally get that W that has been so long in coming. Um, it's just awesome being able to go out there and fight with everyone on the team. You know, we've been working hard in the offseason. I just got here, what, in the summer, but when I showed up, it was grinding since day one, and to come out here and get that win has just been something special because we've been, we've been wanting it, and we've been – I think we've been needing it to get us going, and you know the offense came out and played really well today. The defense have been playing well all year, getting us the ball when we need it, and everything was just clicking, and that's what our offense is very explosive when things go right, and they went right today. 
Well, you did a nice job in being able to show your speed as you got to the sideline on that run. Now, you had a tough uh, decision to make. I'm kind of interested if you did it just because of uh, instinct or if you had the idea you could make it because that's designed to go inside, I'm guessing, inside that uh, that outside tackler. But you ended up beating him to the edge. Yeah, I just uh, I saw it open on the outside, so it's supposed to cut up inside, and you're supposed to go and run through between the tackles. But I saw an opening out there, and I had there was a good block on the right tackle, and then the receiver also got he sealed him off inside to push him outside. But I thought I could get him around the end, and uh, I was I was close, but it was good blocking all around, and that's why the run popped because everyone was doing their assignment and doing their job. Austin, you guys had a strong schedule, a lot of tough teams, but did you believe? from then till now that you were always better than you had been showing as a team even though it was the, the results weren't coming your way uh yeah of course i mean if you look at everyone we've played everyone's been tough but we were we were right there and i know we can compete against all these guys obviously i've been to a couple of places and i i've been i've seen the talent that we've played against and who i've played with and i know our team's something special we just we're figuring it out and we keep working hard and no one's giving up and you know sometimes Everyone goes through adversity, but it's how you bounce back, and that's what we're doing right now. We're working hard, and keep, we keep moving forward. Visiting with Austin Kofensis. Uh, Austin, Austin, how do you describe your college journey? Um, man, long, but, but just not giving up. That's, like, the biggest thing. And I thought I wasn't going to be able to play at the beginning of the year, and I, had a, I talked to Coach Sataki and everything, and I just felt comfortable. And it's been long, but you only get a couple years at it, so I might as well make the best of it and – Slowly, I've, I'm feeling really comfortable, and I love this team, and I love uh, all the coaches that are a part of it. Your versatility really kind of puts you in a special position. You've played a little bit at the slot. You've played a little bit at the Wildcat. You've been at a running back. Uh, which one do you prefer, and which one uh, are you going to stay at? Honestly, wherever the coach tells me to go, I'll go. It's not – I just want to get on that field and play. I haven't been on the field, you know, in a couple years, and – it sucks, but you just got to keep plugging away. And if the coach wants me to go play receiver, I'll go out there and run some routes and catch some balls. If he wants me in the backfield, I'll do either quarterback or running back, wherever I can to get on the field. I did a kickoff, too, oh, so right. that's <laughs> I was able to get on that. So that's that's awesome, just getting out there and getting that, uh, that same feeling back. Yeah, good. Did this week feel any different to you guys in prep leading up to this? Coach Satake talked a lot about a mindset change. Did it feel any different to you in the week of work that you guys delivered and then what transpired today? Um, maybe a little different, but the whole season's been we just we, we play our ball. We work our, on our uh, skills. We get into practice, work hard, and keep doing our thing and learning the plays and trusting in the coaches. And, yeah, we play a different opponent next week, and we played a different opponent the week after that. But our mindset going in is play our football, and once we start doing our things, it's it's good. And we're going to keep uh, pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing and score touchdowns and get points on the board. It's back out on the road next week at Fresno State, the best team you're going to see down the stretch. And they're trying to get bowl eligible tonight, so the challenge picks up next week. But uh, for you, it's that next game to, to keep the uh, uh, the goal of, of winning out alive, I guess, right? Uh, yep, that's correct. So, I mean, we got to get in work tomorrow, get some treatment in, start Monday. we got to watch film and practice the plays that we think are going to be the best against uh, the team and just keep working and plugging away.
All right. Well, kudos again to you and the guys today. Austin, good speaking with you. We'll do it again, I'm sure, down the line. And best of luck uh, next week against Fresno State. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Austin Kafensis, joining us. And that is our Cougar Locker Room show for today. Coming up, we'll be hearing from the head coach, Kalani Satake, here in our broadcast booth as we'll bring you the Cougar postgame coaches show. We'll also hear comments from San Jose State head coach, Brent Brennan. As we continue from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, Greg Rubel and Mark Lyons upstairs. Nate Mickle soon to rejoin us here in the broadcast booth. Kalani is coming up and the coach of the Spartans. Final score, BYU 41, San Jose State 20, here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, right back here at the broadcast booth at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Kalani Satake is soon to uh, join us. Let's, in the meantime, hear some comments from Brent Brennan, the head coach of San Jose State. His team falls to BYU by a score of 41-20. Okay. Um, obviously, an ugly day for us. Um, you know, the... The turnover thing was in just an absolute disaster, in, in my opinion. So anytime you turn the ball over, I think we had six. Um, but we turned over the ball over four times in the first half, um, you know, repeatedly put our defense in really, really hard situations. I, I thought, you know, to our defense's credit, um, they, they came up with some big stops, some big stop on fourth down at the end of the half. And... Uh, multiple stops on turnovers, you know, deep in uh, our territory um, that that ended up in, in a field goal. So I thought there were some good things that way. There were too many big plays um, on defense, and some of that is just getting off blocks and tackling. And um, so we're, we have just got all kinds of work to do everywhere. Um, I'm just disappointed for the kids because they've been working their butts off. They've been giving us everything we've asked for. And, um, you know, we got to continue to grind and work and, and find ways to improve every week. Coach, uh, your team was coming off the bye. Was there anything different? Was there anything that just kind of caught you by surprise from the DYs? No, no. Uh, we got what we thought we would get. You know, it was a physical football team. Um, you know, I think the quarterback had his best day of the year. So um, he kind of found his groove, I thought. Um, hit a couple, threw a couple real nice deep balls, did a good job scrambling on, on critical third and fourth downs for for first downs, uh, so uh, yeah, nothing too surprising. No, you're still turning the ball over. Uh, yeah, wow. You're still observant today, Ernie. <laughs> uh, still can't stop the run. Uh, still not finding the end zone when you need to, and you're falling behind early. What? Like, is there anything? Do you want me to address one of those or all full or all four of those? Is there anything different in this team before or from the Bible? Um, is there anything different from? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think um, I was. Uh, you know, I was definitely disappointed with the, the interceptions early. I, th- I thought they were um, just. It's a pass concept that we are not on the same page on, and so we're not going to run that anymore. Um, in terms of. The ball security, uh, you know, um, Brandon Ezell muffed a punt. His eyes came off. He kind of looked at the color of the jersey coming downhill at him. Um, just bad technique. And then Tyler Nevins was, was loose, loose with it one time, you know. But um, Tyler's a tough kid. He's doing a great job. He ran for 100 yards. Um, he's a true freshman. So, obviously, um, these are all teachable moments for, for our team. When you're playing as many young people as we're playing, um, you know, game day, 
is a whether you win or you lose, it's it's just full of teachable moments. And so today had had a lot of them on the negative side of the ledger. All right, that's a Brent Brennan, head coach of the San Jose State Spartans. His team falls to BYU today by a score of 41 to 20. And as we finish with Coach Brennan, we have Kalani Satake with us here in the broadcast booth. Coach Satake putting on the headset. And before we get your thoughts on on Coach Brennan and your your relationship there, just a hearty kudos, congratulations for getting that second win and hopefully starting you off uh, on a positive end-of-season run here uh, to finish things out. Yeah, it feels good um, to get the win. Obviously, uh, like I said before to the media that, you know, there's things we can fix and um, we'll just uh, keep working on it. But I was really proud of our coaches and our players and uh, they did a great job this week in this win. And uh, I think it, you know, they, they attacked it and, and the focus was there. And so uh, just really appreciate that and the hard work. Coach Brennan from San Jose State, we just heard his uh, post-game comments, and he's somebody you know uh, very well. I saw you two chatting before the game, uh, clearly a strong relationship there, and uh, he's uh, going through first-season challenges that you know and, uh, and, and can appreciate. Uh, you know, what, 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 uh, what do you feel about him and, and the job he's doing and will have to do there in uh, San Jose? Well, he, he has a lot of young guys to work on, to work with, you know, a young quarterback and a young running back, and, and so he has a uh, if you watch film, they're coached really well. They just they they know that they need to get better uh, talent, but um, they're getting everything they can out of their players. And and he's an excellent coach. And if if that program and the players buy into his system, and they buy into his culture that he's trying to establish, they're going to be really good. One of the challenges he has, of course, is that uh, their football field they got a new turf down, but the stadium, you know, is pretty old, and their facilities are challenging. But uh, they are putting in new facilities at the end of that stadium, so it's a possibility they're going to be able to get in a better quality athlete. Yeah, I mean, and and he has a staff that is a uh, that staff is a great, full of great recruiters and evaluators, and so um, yeah, I wish him the best of luck and and. Um, you know, we have a really strong relationship and friendship, and uh, you know, so uh, what I told him, what if there's anything I can do to help, um, you know, let's stay in contact. But um, just really proud of him as a head coach, and, and uh, just happy that we got the win. But he's a he's a he's a guy that's just all class, and uh, his team plays with the, with his with his personality, and and that's hard, but they're classy and then they showed great sportsmanship interesting play pretty early in the game coach uh braden elbakri comes down on that uh, kickoff cover and just really it's a really big hit on that uh, returner and they called the uh that it was going to be uh, he was going to get ejected and so they went back and looked at it what did you see from the sideline well um braden he is he is a physical and um Anytime he hits somebody, it looks like targeting. So he's been making hits on kickoffs all year long. And, you know, um, I was hoping that, that it wasn't targeting, but um, a lot can happen in that time, you know. And, and um, I think they made the right call when I saw the replay. It looked like he hit him in the shoulder. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, he, he's an aggressive guy that, that makes tons of plays, and he's been doing it all, all season long. And we're going to need him to keep doing that in, in order to help us win. The Elbakri hit and fumble recovery follows your first drive of the game. And your first possession goes five plays, 85 yards, less than two minutes, touchdown. First play of the game is a first and ten throw to Trinaman for 45 yards. From the get-go, we saw a BYU team saying, let's go play. Yeah, and, and um, taking after their uh, their offense coordinator's mindset, you know, he's he's an aggressive guy. And um, I think, Ty, when you, when you tell him to just 
let it go. I think he he takes it to heart. So, um, and, to, and I think Tanner was able to relax a little bit, loosen up the defense, and we were able to establish the run through the pass. And, and uh, that's probably what we have to do a little bit more this year. Tanner's thrown for 600 plus yards over the last two games. Is he again becoming uh, the weapon you thought he would be uh, at the start of the season? Yeah, I mean, there, there's still some things that, that, that we need to fix, yeah. you know, and. and um, I have to take a look at it. It's just uh, I don't know if he's getting too low on his delivery on his throws and things, but um, there's a lot of throws that were short and off target. But um, I'm being really picky, you know, because uh, it's important for a quarterback to be clicking and, and making sure that he gets gets the ball to our to our receivers and, and our tight ends and, and backs. And I thought he spread the ball out really well. We just uh, were off target a little bit, but uh, he understands that and. and uh, yeah, I thought Joe came in and did some good things in, 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 the, in the series that he was in. And, um, you know, we're getting Bo healthier. So I uh, feel good about the group. We just need to keep uh, keep being aggressive and get more consistency on our performance because there's a lot of plays that there's still more points out there that we, we should have well, had. There were more plays out there. I feel I, I wish I felt better about uh, your, your injury situation, but it seems like week in, week out, you just can't catch a break. Uh, K.J. Hall is 156 yards rushing, receiving in the first half. And then we don't see him again. You hope. I mean, what, what do you know uh, about can he play again? Will he be back next week? I mean, do you have any thoughts? Well, I, I think we'll find out more in the next little bit. And um, it wasn't good enough where he can come back and play right away and even something to play through. So, um, you know, that's that's all, pretty much all I can say about that. And it's disappointing because he's such a good player. But we'll have to by the wait and see what happens, you know, in the next little bit. Um, he was a huge shot in the arm for you guys. Yeah. And, and um you know, <laughs> it's just unfortunate. We we right when we thought we were getting him back, and he was in the full swing of things, even with last week and this week. And um, you know, it, it we'll have to see what happens. But I hope we get him back. Linebackers uh, Jones and Warner both go out, and we'll have to wait and see on those guys too. But uh, it's been it's been tough, Kalani. Yeah, and and um, I mean, I, I think uh, Fred. You can see it on film. He, he kind of got hit from the side, and and his. his um, ankle buckled a little bit but uh we ran some x-rays and we'll probably know a little bit more about him as we go through but yeah you know grant i don't i don't i'm not sure on that one we'll see that one looked probably more serious than than the other so yeah so uh you get the win coach and initially you've got to expect that uh, because you won you had better play today so as you evaluate the game uh, you saw improvement in the things that you've been doing is that right yeah, and, and, and um, the effort's always been there, 100%. And we just need to, you know, whatever we did to get positive yards and uh, to stop people and, and create more turnovers, just keep doing that and, and the momentum would swing. And, and, you know, we had a little bit of lapse um, in the first half and in the second half, uh, the stuff that we can control. But um, we need to be smarter and play play better and take care of the football. And uh, I think I think, I mean, the pick came off of uh, of uh, a yeah. off of Michael Simon's hands, and the fumble was unfortunate with with Neil down here in the red zone. But um, keep working on it, and those are things that we can fix. But the players and the effort and the mindset that they have is really good for us right now. We'll take a break. We'll continue and conclude with Kalani Satake. This is the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Coach with us here in the broadcast booth, Greg and Mark. And Nate will soon join us for more postgame coverage. BYU wins it on a beautiful day here in Provo in front of almost 47,000 fans by a score of 41-20 to over San Jose State. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
Greg Grubel with uh, Mark Lyons and the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake. The Cougars' seven-game losing streak is history. Don't have to talk about it ever again. BYU defeats San Jose State by a score of 41-20 today. And for the first time this season, BYU scores in every quarter of a game. And Kalani, that might seem like a simple thing, but it's an important thing to make sure that your team stays on schedule. And today you were, and you scored in every quarter for the first time since the bowl win over Wyoming. Yeah, and that, that's, um, you know, our guys being consistent, and um, that's even with the missed opportunities that we had, you know. So um, just, just I like the mindset of our guys going into this game. I, I talked to you about it, Greg, and just felt different, you know. And so I uh, just really appreciate them working hard, and, and um, you know, I, yeah, all we can control is what we, we're doing right now, and I'm, I'm glad that they're on on the right track right now. Six 20-plus yard plays today. You know, that's uh, encouraging. There were a lot of explosive plays, and uh, uh, a lot of those were throws. But uh, K.J. had that big run. But uh, Confenses a big run. Confenses had a big run. and uh, But a lot of those were uh, passes downfield where uh, this time Tanner gave him a chance to make the catches, and they were able to do it. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, credit to our receivers for running good routes and, and making adjustments. And, you know, to deep balls, and, and I, I uh, you know, I've, I've been – saying that they're they're pretty good you know we just need to give them a chance and uh, when when the ball's in the air i think i have a good feeling that our guys will come down with it we had micah on your coach's show this past week and he has three grabs two of them for touchdowns today he now has three touchdowns in two games yeah so let's uh as long as you can catch it we'll be fine you <laughs> there know, were a couple so, drops but yeah. yeah but i i mean he's uh you know he could have had that one in the end zone here and, and at the uh, end of the half right yeah, yeah. and uh uh but you know he's uh He's he's starting to come along really well right now for us, and I feel good about Leva too, you know, and, and uh, got to get Talon and all the other guys going, but and Bo Tanner. So uh, those guys and Jonah, I, we have we have a lot of ability. We just need to keep finding ways to get them the ball and uh, having the quarterback deliver it. And I thought the offensive line did a good job protecting. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure how many sacks or whatever we gave up. but Gave up or uh, had no, no no sacks given up today. Yeah, so I yeah. thought protection was good. And, and um, you know, even when things broke down in coverage uh, in, in the routes, our uh, Tanner was able to run for a little bit of yards, and uh, that was promising. And that's because our O-line did a good job uh, protecting him. There are different levels of celebration in a locker room after a, a particular win. What did today's feel like uh, after going so long between uh, positive results? Oh, it was great. I, I, I um you know, we talked to the team about um, moving on to the next one, and, but enjoying this, and um, you know, had a great team prayer together. Jamal offered the prayer. And oh. it was really good to have Jamal back with the group, and um, you know, he just can brings he make that. next week? Yes. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, he's been really he's been in touch with a lot of our guys, and I think that his leadership has shown even when he's not here. It's been really good, and and um, he have he had a great heartfelt prayer for our team, and and uh, at the end, you know, in the locker room, and it was just nice to have him back. Yeah, he's a good guy. Coach, uh, one positive that I thought uh, you had, because you've had quite a few games in a row now that you've driven the ball 30 yards and 40 yards, but end up in the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. Just having them finish drives today with those five touchdowns, that really has to be a compliment, and it makes them confident that they're going to be able to go ahead and continue that. They remember how it was in the days that we were able to do it all the time. Yeah, and and, and I think that um, for me, I was just trying to get – I wanted to be aggressive, but I didn't want to get in the way too much, you know. And if it were really, I wanted to go for it on every fourth down, but I thought that we had to be con- under control. And um, then we missed the field goal, and I was like, "See, yeah. I should have just gone for it," you know. <laughs> yeah. But um, my, you know, I just, I just feel like the the guys will answer the call if I, 
if I give it to them, you know, and I let them know. And uh, um, the one fourth down, we went on, went for it on fourth and five, and um, I told Ty at, at, on second down that he's got all the downs for that mm-hmm. for that drive. And um, but that's going into this game, we were all saying let's just give our guys a chance and and uh, put them in a tough spot, and they'll get us out of it. And I thought our players did a, a great job, and our coaches did a great job of answering the call of what we're trying to do be aggressive coming into today you guys had tried 13 fourth down conversions this year do you know how many you converted no idea one <laughs> today you were three for three on fourth downs and uh if i had to ask you who your team's leading tackler was today without looking would you know who it was today mm-hmm. Ooh, i wouldn't i don't know if i could tell you right now i would hope it would be butch but it was uh morgan unga Oh, good. He had yeah. one more than Bush, well, I guess but, but Morgan was active out there today. Six solo stops, a sack, a pass breakup. He's been a good player for you. Yeah, and, and he did a good job. He played uh, you know, a, a couple different positions. Um, uh, when we had uh, Fred go down, he, he filled in for Fred, but then he also played some of the uh, other side, Bo Backer. And I thought Adam Pulsifer did a great job playing and getting our defense set up. Uh, he and, and Butch did a great job. and. And Morgan did a great job filling in, and we are we are see other guys like Isaiah Kofusi and some other guys uh, that more of our reserves get some reps, and you know the, the ones want to go back in and 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 stop them from scoring, yeah. but the twos that the, the, the reserve guys they they need that work, and and uh, like I said before, I'll sacrifice points in order for our guys to get some experience, especially if we can win. Butch and Sione were tied for second in tackles today, so you're on the right track there. You play a pretty good opponent in Fresno State next week, and it gives you this opportunity now to go out and beat somebody and be good. So uh, this has to be a nice uh, building block to get to that point. Yeah, and we have to take this mindset on the road and be able to perform. And uh, Fresno State's a really good coach, uh, I mean, well-coached team, and, and uh they, they they understand fundamentals and technique. You watch them on film, and, and I've been really impressed with them just watching on TV and catching some of their games and some of their plays, and uh, they, they hang their hat on the run play. You know, they do pro-style football, and um, I, think, I think they're an excellent team, and uh, it'll be a good challenge for us. All right, we'll see you next week, uh, Coach. Congratulations on today, and hopefully there's more of these to come down the stretch. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, all the fans. Appreciate you guys' support. Thank you. All right, thanks, Coach. That's Coach Kalani Satake. We've got Cougar Nation now coming up next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions at Greg Rubel using the hashtag BYUCNN. Now, let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. It is BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. Hashtag CC. No, no. Hashtag BYUCNN. Hashtag BYUCNN. CNN for Cougar Nation now. Hashtag BYUCNN. To get in on Twitter, to join our program, you can also email us because the show has its own email address. Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu. Cougar Nation now. Two ends 
at byu.edu. Greg Rubel, Mark Lyons, Nate Mickle with you. And as we begin, BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. Congratulations to Matt Woolley. Matt Woolley is the winner of a $100 Amazon gift card courtesy of Les Olson. Matt won today's How Do You Cheer contest. He posted a fan pick from today's game, and his pick was chosen as the winner. So courtesy of Les Olson, it's a $100 Amazon gift card for Matt Woolley at Uncle underscore Matt underscore G. He is a winner of the $100 Amazon gift card, courtesy of Les Olson, the How Do You Cheer contest, courtesy of Les Olson. Way to go. All right, uh, Greg and Mark and Nate, and BYU wins it by a score of 41-20. to 20. There were numerous points during the game today where I, I felt like a beggar trying to be a chooser when uh, BYU was leading and leading big, and I wanted more. <laughs> I wanted more. I hadn't, you know, BYU hadn't won a game in, in two months and two days, and I still wanted more. But I should be content and satisfied and happy, and I am all those things, with the win. Long time in coming, well-deserved, and I, I've long felt that uh, that the collection of talent everything BYU had going for it was better than they had shown for whatever reason potential was not being reached nor was it totally reached today but they were much closer and uh, and and did what they needed to do and expected to do in this game today and that's rewarding in its own way and so guys I leave this thing feeling very positive and confident and uh, and hopeful of what's to come in the final month of the season and that's all you can hope for right now yeah exactly and they were dominant it was really that way uh, after the first quarter and well into the second quarter when uh, San Diego State was having so much San Jose, <laughs> San Jose State. State was having so much trouble moving the football it looked like uh, the the defense had figured everything out and they had an opportunity to uh, I thought to make a big play against BYU's defense but they just didn't let them have it and so uh, when the defense was out there being as solid as they were you felt that you get that comfortable feeling that uh, they're not going to run the score up on you and if you get 28 points you're going to win the game can I just say it was good to see Tanner Mangum again doing his thing? Yeah. Uh, one thing I mentioned on the air was that Tanner has never really been a consistent just, you know, march you down the field, series after series, get you in the end zone. That's never really been his thing. Tanner's always been a big play guy. He has a knack for making big plays and making big throws, putting balls in places where his receivers can catch him. Yep. And so today he was around 55% completion percentage. For his career, he's hovering around 60, a little under. If you're completing in the 50s, you're not the guy to consistently just walk you down methodically yeah. down the field and score time and again. But he is the guy that makes plays. And when you free him up to make plays, he has a knack for making plays. And he's going to throw a ball to a safety every once in a while, and he's going to throw a ball that gets picked. But if, he, if he's allowed to throw the ball downfield, he has a knack for making plays, and we saw it today. And we saw it last week in the fourth quarter. The new thing I see about Tanner is that skip pass. I'm really surprised that uh, he has so many that he throws at the feet and in the dirt uh, to receivers. Now, I can, I, I've seen, you know, when Bushman was open on that third down play, I, I've seen him lead a little bit too far before and miss that kind of a throw. But uh, on those on those. Balls that he's just thrown in the dirt to people when they're open. That's the part that I'm surprised about. And that's the part that Kalani talks about both in the uh, first post-game press conference and then oh, really? up here with you. As soon as you start talking about Tanner, kind of the first thing out of his mouth is, God, he's got to make those throws. You know, the one to Bushman, the ones in the sideline. Because oh. <clears throat> it's, the, it's the simple throws that he's struggling on, yeah. just the basic stuff. But and he makes the big plays. And he did uh, prevent an interception today by throwing a bad pass. So that was good yeah, that was to him, nice. too. 
Email from Alex Wood to Cougar Nation and now at BYU.edu. Why didn't Tanner spike the ball on the last play of the first half? Yeah. I thought initially this the, the, the hurry was going to be up and get to the line to be able to spike it so you could have one more play. Mm-hmm. But so much time elapsed, I think they, they, they realized the spike wasn't going to be an option. They had to just go play it. Is that how you kind of felt too? Or do you think no, I thought they could have spiked it. And I was checking to see. It wasn't I, fourth down. No, it would have taken first. them to fourth down. Yeah, they they could have spiked it and kicked the field See, goal. I, I thought it was I was counting down the clock, and I, I I didn't know if he'd have enough time. He apparently didn't feel he so. would, so he ended up snapping and running a play, which should have resulted in a touchdown anyway. Yeah, uh, a ball right. got to the receiver's hands, and it was not caught. Which, but I was thinking he was racing up to spike, and they were yeah. racing up to actually so play. That would have been the third down play, and then he would have had one more play to run, right. you know, with a little bit of control. But uh, you're right. The play that they ended up with was just a scramble play. That What he had called wasn't going to work. And when he was running out of there, he just threw it up to an open Simon. And that play was vintage Tanner. Yeah, just that was dancing it. dancing around. Okay, scramble out right. Getting tackled as he's falling down, throws it to the end zone, and hits a guy in the end zone. And Micah just needs to make that play. The play that preceded it was second and 12, and he ran for 11. Had he gotten the extra yard, clock's going to stop to move the chains. He didn't. That's when so much time ran down and uh, created that wild play at the end of the half, which, uh, again, could have very well been a touchdown to end the first half of play. It didn't turn out that way. Now, I do think that Micah, in his jump for the ball, that he was off balance when oh, he went up. Catch to jump and so uh when he went up he he didn't have you, you know you bunt, jump off the, the short foot or you know unbalanced sometimes that leaves you unbalanced to make catch so he didn't have all of his spring yeah, that he, he might have expected to have yeah it wasn't under control but it's college receiver yeah, and, and he had a great game today other than oh, he had right. that drop yeah. and the the pick and then he had two touchdowns really had and a it nice was a game, law but... ball you know some of tanner's balls look like they have a lot of zip on it yeah, so it goes through that. their hands but because he was getting tackled it was just a loft yeah hashtag byucnn to join us on cougar nation now the byu creamery cougar nation now it's hashtag byucnn to be with us on a Twitter. Michael Chesley, before the break, says it was fun to see them aggressively dominant. Tanner looked better. And uh, play number one of the day was first down throw, 45 yards. Mangum, Trineman, Trineman trips up and falls. Otherwise, that could have been a touchdown to start the game. And it would have been an 85-yard score because I believe they began that drive back at their 15. So it was an 85-yard drive that started with a 45-yard pass to Trineman. Is that not correct, Mark Lyons? Uh, first possession uh, was at the 15. Yeah. You are absolutely right. Five plays, 85 yards into the end zone from play number one. Uh, Tanner Wilkinson, who has a connection to me as being one of our interns here on the broadcast, says he loves the versatility of Micah Simon, can play slot or out wide, going to be a player. What do you think about Micah Simon as one of those former guys? Yeah, if you look at BYU receivers of the past, you say Micah Simon is probably at least average. You know, that, you know some of the talk around the, the program this year is, well, who's Tanner throwing to? And it's like, well, who's, who have the BYU quarterbacks been throwing to forever? I mean, they've been throwing to kind of possession-type guys. And, and Micah, Simon, Micah Simon seems like, to me, he's an above-average guy, which is pretty good for a, a high school quarterback that comes in is already making plays as a sophomore, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you, you expect good things from Micah Simon. Now you got a Levahifo, a young guy that's making plays, and Bushman, who's making plays. So suddenly, you know, you've got those are three playmakers uh, that are young. Akile is still in the mix, right? Yeah, well, somewhere down the we line. We don't know yet yeah, today, yeah. but. Uh... You know, I don't know why we get hooked up on guys that don't get to play. Neil Pau, who had been a, I mean, why you get 
attached to guys yeah, that don't get to yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, we get a we get into guys that we think are pretty talented and they don't get a shot. Neil's another guy though. Again, when he caught that, I think it was just one reception was, he yeah, had he, today. He had actually been quite a primary target over the last number of yeah. weeks, but he only had one target today. He caught it and then fumbled but, it. But what did he do before he fumbled it? Makes a guy miss. Made a guy miss and made another guy miss. He made two guys miss and then he yeah. fumbled. But Neil is he impresses me. Every time he gets the ball in his hands, he's the guy that pretty much always makes the first guy miss. And we are seeing these guys at the beginning of their college careers, and they're making plays now. Bushman, Simon, Pau, they've scored touchdowns when they weren't even you know, doing anything last year with the program. And so uh, we are seeing the front end of what we hope are pretty productive careers. Yeah. And I, I hope, again, ultimately, that this is what we look back on this season, what, no matter what it ends up and saying, remember when, remember when, this happened and what it ultimately helped BYU do or become. That is the aspiration that this becomes not just a bad season that everybody grumbled about, but something that built something long-term. We'll take a break and we'll come back to more of your questions on uh, questions and comments on Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN. That's hashtag BYUCNN for Cougar Nation Now. And you can also email us. It's CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. CougarNationNow Two ends in that word, Cougar Nation, now at BYU.edu. Greg and Mark and Nate talking about BYU's win, 41-20 to over San Jose State. We are back right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Hashtag BYUCNN for Cougar Nation now. Lori Hansen asks for an update on K.J. Hall. He was the bright light in the first half, she says, and that he was 156 yards, 112 rushing, one, uh, 44 yards receiving. And, uh, Nate, you observed him on the sideline, I guess, uh, ice on the shoulder. Is that what you yeah, saw? Yeah, he had a big jacket on, but I think the big jacket was made to look bigger because of the big ice pack and brace on the arm. Shoulder. So he'd already gone through the elbow injury, gotten through that, and was uh, clearly making a, a resurgence uh, for this BYU program late in the season. And now we have to wait and see and just hope for the best. But uh, the way things are going, you don't always expect the best with the way injury news has turned out for BYU this year. So nope. K.J. Hall, after a great first half, didn't play the second. Following up on that, sorry, Just Mark, speculating, yeah. but uh, on the fourth down, check down. He got tackled and kind of got rubbed into the, you know, his shoulder got driven into the turf. And so that sometimes leads to the separation. I've still got a bump on my right shoulder from the separation, separation I got in had. 2002. And how long were you out with it? Do you remember? Uh, I was back the next week, but it wasn't as major as it could have been. And had anybody hit me on that shoulder the next so week, I would So let me ask cried. you this. Did he have a sling? No, no sling. Just the ice. Yeah. I want to follow up on the uh, the play we talked about at the end of the first half when they rushed to the ball, didn't spike it, and threw for the end zone at the end of that scramble. Now, there is a rule in the rule book entitled minimum time for a play after spiking the ball, but it usually corresponds to situations in which the clock has already been stopped. So here's how the rule reads. If the game clock is stopped and will start on the referee's signal with three or more seconds remaining in the quarter, the offense may reasonably expect to throw the ball directly to the ground. So if you've got... Three or more, you can spike and get one more play. With two seconds or one second on the clock, there is enough time for only one play. Now, that's with the clock stopped. If your clock is stopped at two seconds or one, then you don't get to spike. You can only run a play. But the situation BYU was in was a running clock. There was no stop clock. And so had Tanner got to the line with the... two seconds or one second left and spike, they would have stopped the clock and they could have had one more play to the end zone. But there is a rule, and that's how I just read it, but it implies with the clock being stopped, 
And so in, in this case, if you are stop clock and there's two or one, yeah, you get no spike. But in this case, had they really hustled, you know, who knows? It's, it's a debatable it. thing, but I, but uh, that, that, that may have come into play. The three-second thought may have been part of the thought process in terms of what they can do, but that's usually a stop clock situation. So what you would hope that they might have done, similar to uh, Max Hall playing Oklahoma, is called two plays on that second down play. So in case you aren't able to get that uh, first down, you automatically set up and know the next play without having to wait to have it called. And you rush to the line and go ahead and run that next play that you've already set up. It's all hindsight, but any run in that instance, in that circumstance, was going to be a problem because of the, cl- of the clock running and no timeout left, and he ran for 11, needing 12. First down stops, it didn't get there. So it was a, you know, kind of a confluence of events there, knowing they had no timeouts to go. But uh, at any rate, it was uh, uh, a situation that you can you know, look back on and wonder uh, if it could have turned out differently. As it turned out, they got a play that resulted in a receiver getting his hands on a ball and might have been able to bring in, had he had a, maybe a little stronger leap, as Mark talked about, to, to, to bring it in. Either way, uh, yeah, just an interesting discussion point. Uh, the, the field goal situation for BYU uh, resulted today in a field goal being missed from 33, makes from 30 and 36. And that's about where BYU is going to try field goals. They haven't tried a field goal of longer than 40 yards in more than a year, haven't made a 50-yarder in more than 11 years, and uh, longer field goals are part of San Jose State's game. They made from 48 today, uh, made from 25. Interestingly, their 48-yard make was their first make between 40 and 50 this year. Oh, Everything wow. had been inside 40 or outside 50, nothing actually in the 40s. Yeah. But he's got a great leg. Uh, four field goals of 50 yards plus in the last month. And BYU's gone more than 11 years without a 50-yarder. And we talk about the name Skylar Southam. Yeah. He comes back off his mission next year. And if there's going to be, um, you know, the next great leg for BYU, the belief is this might be the kid and be the guy. We'll see how he comes back. Yeah. It's kind of a crapshoot post-mission. But uh, it, would be, it would be nice to have a Bryce Crawford type of player. When you're at the, uh, at the you know, the 30 to 35-yard line, you feel you're in scoring territory. That You don't need to be inside the 20. And that's what, Skyler, or that's what uh, Bryce Crawford gives them. And maybe uh, Skylar Southam could give BYU, but again, Two it's, things all, it's, about all, that. it's all projection and, and, and uh, speculation until we see him in the uniform. In warm-ups today, uh, that kid was kicking a two-step approach with the tee, not the kickoff tee, the holder tee, you know, that you do for field goals. 65 yards, and he was just barely under the crossbar. He was at 65. Secondly, let's hope that uh, Southam kid doesn't step off the curb and... Get bit by a spider. Yeah, and getting bit by a spider, those two things. Those things would not be good. So Red Allman, one thing that amazes me about him is I watch the PATs, and so many times I just think, if you could just yeah, kick a field goal it. like you kicked the PAT, because what's his streak at for PATs? 54 now, I believe. And, and what's the all-time record? I mean, he's approaching it's it, It's 70-odd. Right? He's got a ways to go. He's got a ways to go. But still, that's pretty good. You know, I mean, credit Rhett for the PATs, just kicked the field goals like the PATs. Yeah. So BYU had uh, yeah five PATs today. Came in today at 49. So he's at 54 consecutive PATs. Uh, records low 70s. If his you know he's on pace to be to actually set the BYU uh, career uh, PAT record, and he's uh, on pace to be second in field goal percentage record. So those are good things. Where but BYU lacks is any distance uh, from those field goals and any real hope to score outside the 30. Hey, you yes. talk about Southam, but don't forget about Jake the Make. 
Jake Oldroyd? Jake the Make. Yeah, he's off on a I mission know, he's somewhere. He's really a distance guy, probably. Right, Maybe and who know. knows? I mean, when he left, he was dealing with back issues and had oh, back yeah, issues before right. that. So I don't know what to expect. It'd be great if, if Jake comes back fully healthy. And but uh, if he if he doesn't come back, that's great too, because then he goes down just as like a this legend. guy who yeah. yeah one day came in with the green shoes. Hallman scored eleven points today. Oh, on two field goals and uh, five PATs. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the one miss was from uh, from thirty three. So two for three today. Making him on the year nine for thirteen, nine for thirteen, and now fifteen for fifteen on PATs. So he had ten PATs on the year. He had five today. So uh, yeah, that helps. Yeah, it was a good day. BYU hadn't gotten to thirty points yet in any game, and they got to forty and then one. We'll take a break. We'll continue. Is Cougar Nation now here on the network? Hashtag BYUCNN. And you can email us to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or on the Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN. Back after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Next week, it is BYU at Fresno State, which brings us to today's BYU Creamery Inside Scoop trivia question here on BYU Creamery's Cougar Nation Now. It is sponsored by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. So BYU at Fresno State next week, which leads me to this question. BYU's single-game record for highest completion percentages held by current Atlanta Falcons offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian. Steve Sarkeesian set this record that still stands at BYU at Fresno State in 1995. 22 years ago. Question. Of the 34 pass attempts that Steve Sarkeesian put into the night sky that evening in Fresno, how many were completed to his people? So, of 34 pass attempts at Fresno State 22 years ago, how many did Steve Sarkeesian complete to set BYU's single game completion percentage record that still stands to this day? That is our question. If you have the answer and it's correct and you're first in with it, you'll win two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. Talking of, oh, you ready? You have another one to follow up with that? Do you have you, something you have to say? You just go ahead. Can you believe that JT Barrett kid threw 33 for 38 today against Penn State? They had they flashed it up there just a little while ago. Thirty three for thirty eight for like three hundred and twenty eight yards. If it's thirty three for thirty eight, that is still not as sure. good as Steve Sarkeesian's percentage in that wow. night against against Fresno State. Wow. Yeah. So again, thirty four pass attempts. How many did Steve Sarkeesian complete to set BYU's single game? Pass completion percentage record back in 1995. Use the hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN there, or you can just tweet at me, at Greg Grubel, or you can email us, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. And as we're coming up with the uh, answers from which we'll choose for the correct answer, we will uh, take an email from uh, Ken. And Ken asks, what are some of the bright spots you saw the defense make today, or bright spots on the defense? He's listening where he says it's 5.50 in the morning in Kazakhstan. 
<laughs> so in glorious Republic of Kazakhstan, uh, Ken emails in with a question about the defense and what we liked on D today. Butch Pau had one of his more active games of the season, I yeah. felt. He had the roughing the passer, which is not very cool, but uh, he was uh, making things happen. The, and, and the talkie-talkie sack, which we uh, called earlier, was influenced greatly by what Butch did on that play as BYU brought, and uh, Butch was key in that particular play. Butch ends up with seven tackles. Uh, no tackles or tackles for loss, but I thought was active and as hard-hitting as we'd seen him in some time. Morgan Unga, he's a guy that Vic uh, Soto told me about a couple years ago, said keep your eye on Morgan Unga, and Morgan led the team in tackles today. One of my favorite players, Diane Gawalaku. Yeah. He just seems to always be making plays, even though the interception was called back. He's a guy that makes tackles, makes plays. Um, I thought uh, the corner opposite Diane, the, the corners that replaced Troy Warner, did a good job today because we didn't talk about him much. Oh, so Chris Wilcox. Wilcox, yeah, they did a nice job today. I, it, it was uh, Unga who broke up that ball in the end zone, yeah, right? Yeah, that was a really nice end. play. That quarterback nice had like play. a minute to yeah. throw it. Chased him all the way across the back of yeah, the end nice zone. by Morgan. Appreciate. So those were bright spots. Those guys we mentioned. Anything else? That came, uh, that kind of did we say Taki Taki Taki? We did. I'm oh yeah, with the sack. But he also uh, he had seven tackles. He did a nice job. And I want to throw in uh, Kairos Tonga as well. Yeah. Oh, and I want to say Adam Pulsifer. In an early part in the game, when guys were just bumping their little running back, and he would just bounce off and keep going and twisting and turning. Adam Pulsifer came up in an open field tackle and just did it the way you're supposed to. Textbook, like Stuck I said. Stuck his head right in there, put his, wrapped his arms around the body, and the kid went down with him right there. So uh, I like that he had that nice open field tackle. Kyrus's one tackle today was a sack. He also had a fumble forced and a pass breakup from the nose tackle spot or from the interior line. So I thought Kyrus was impactful today. Our appreciation to all the guesses that have come in on the uh, Steve Sarkeesian trivia question. And uh, many of them were correct, but only one was first. Hey, I have one other. Wait, I have one other on the defense. Tanner Mangum got a tackle today. <laughs> he's, he's in the book. Well, it's probably Trevion Green who wears Absolutely, number 12. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, I okay. know. <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't recall making. There was an interception. Yeah, I don't but recall making know. a tackle on that play. Yeah. yeah, sometimes they get the guys wrong. There's multiple numbers on the team, and they uh, they mess it up. All right, so uh, a number of people guessed correctly, but only one guessed correctly first. And that person was an emailer. And that person is the great Phil Welch. And Phil had the correct answer first. The question was, of Steve Sarkeesian's 34 pass attempts against Fresno State at Fresno State 22 years ago, how many were completed to set BYU's single-game completion percentage record, which still stands to this day? And the correct answer was? 31. 31. 31 of 34. 91.2% BYU won that game by a score of 45-28. to 28. And among the most interesting things about that game is that it was the last game of the season for BYU. The Cougars were 7-4. and four. Nowadays, you're 7-4, and four, you're going to your bowl game, right? Well, no, they were 7-4 and four and didn't go to the postseason, even after beating Fresno State 45-28 on that great game from Steve Sarkeesian. They sat home that year, and they were not happy. Next year, 14-1, and one, Cotton Bowl, New Year's oh, Day Bowl. yeah. That was a whale of a ball game. Whew, that was a whale of a ball game. Way to go, Phil. Congrats to you. Two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream are coming your way wherever you are. So Steve Sarkeesian, 31 of 34. Let's wrap it up for tonight. Uh, on the network, BYU Radio and uh, ESPN 960 in Provo. It's BYU Women's Soccer tonight. Oh, we have one more break. We have one more break. I thought we were done. No, that was you it. did the ice cream in the one before, and then oh, that's right. I was supposed to come back with the ice cream. Do the winner. goodbye. We'll thing. take a break. We'll say goodbye after this here on the new skin BYU Sports Network.
right, we're pausing 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. All right, uh, closing comments here from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, where on this uh, beautiful Saturday afternoon, BYU dominated San Jose State by a final score of 41-20. to The Spartans have to deal now with a seven-game losing skid, and BYU goes to 2-7 and seven and look to continue on the winning path next week at Fresno State. It'll be a late kick. 8.45 Mountain Time, 7.45 where we are in Fresno. So it'll be a 5.45 local pregame start, 7.45 kick. But here in the Mountain Time Zone, 6.45 pregame, 8.45 kick. The second day of a double header on the, our second game of a double header on the network. We'll have soccer in the afternoon and then uh, football at night uh, that day. But that is next Saturday. As for today, BYU is a 41-20 to 20 winner. Long time in coming. First FBS win of the season. Just two and seven, but hey, still four more regular season chances to go, and you never know. Crazy fans at Fresno State, boy, they get after it. They're wild and uh, rooting, chooting, and they uh, boo you. <laughs> it's they a look- new one for me. I'm excited. You've never, oh. been, never been to Fresno, no. They love to see the Cougars in town, and it's been a while. So BYU and Fresno State in the Valley next Saturday night. Let's wrap it up from, from Provo for today. Our thanks to all those who made our broadcast possible. Back east, our control board operator is Carter Malloy. He's got a late night. He'll still be doing soccer here late into the evening back east. Our network manager is Mike Tingle. Our coordinating producer is Dave Shook. Our thanks to BYU Radio, KSL News Radio, the BYU Sports Information Staff, the San Jose State Sports Information Staff, and, of course, our entire broadcast crew. Chief engineer here in the booth is uh, Barry Squires. Our spotter is Doug Martin. Our stats man is Ralph Sokolowski. Our broadcast intern was Michael Shreve today. And the on-air crew, Greg and Mark and Nate, the three of us. We work with some great people, don't we? Three best friends. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. (laughs) And we'll do it again next Saturday night from Bulldog Stadium in Fresno. I can't wait to go to IHOP. Wait. No, that's We're not, not happening going to today. IHOP tonight. No. No, yeah. We're going to Victory Swatcho. Feels, yeah, like, my, feels like a Bam Bam like day. Victory Swatcho. My, my son was in Texas uh, when BYU beat Oklahoma, and they went to Taco Bell afterwards. <laughs> and there were some Oklahoma fans there. So they came over and said, you guys just beat Oklahoma, and you celebrate at Taco Bell? <laughs> Budget conscious, perhaps? Well, I, I think it was the first place they saw. You know, we eat at some places that people think are a little bit weird, but we often eat there because of the time of day. Yeah, that's you know, so, Sometimes only certain things are open at certain times of day. But we know that Cam and Bam Bam's is open right now. So yeah, I think absolutely. we're heading on over. That's it. Final score, BYU 41, San Jose State 20. Coordinators Corner, Monday, noon to 1. On the network, uh, Kalani's Satake Show, the BYU Football with Kalani Satake program, Tuesday, 6 to 7 Mountain. We'll be live here at the stadium from the Trunk or Treat activity. And then we've got basketball Wednesday night, soccer Thursday, and then soccer and football next Saturday. So a busy week ahead. Hope you're with us for many, if not all, of those broadcasts. Greg, 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 man alive, it gets busy for you, doesn't it? Great time of year. So for Mark and for Nate, my name is Greg Grubel. Thanking you for tuning in, saying in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Provo, Utah.